You're listening to the End Time Podcast, Episode 1. Welcome, we're excited to have you. I'm your host, Andrew Don. With me here right now is Maxwell Boateng, Dieter Jordan, and John Perzok. We're super excited to be in this room together to be able to discuss uh, the things of God and really to present to you good thoughts. And really, we're going to talk a lot about the Bible in this podcast. Let me just say, perhaps some of you have never read the Bible. But as we talk about it, maybe it will encourage you that you would want to think on these things, that you would want to think about what we're talking about. Because we believe that there is an absolute today. Let me ask you, what is an absolute? It's an ultimate. It's an ultimate. That's a fantastic thought. It is an ultimate. But is it more than an ultimate? In a, I would say in a literal sense, it's, it's independent of anything else. An absolute has to be a standalone idea or a standalone thought it's an absolute in itself it's complete i would say it even has to be positive if you make your absolute something negative it's going to throw you in a wrong direction yeah and throw you down a a negative hole really <laughs> if <laughs> if your life's purpose is is to be negative and, and an absolute is more than that it's it's to be unconditional yeah I it, like that. It doesn't matter the good times or the bad times. This is what you're standing by. It's, a, it's an anchor. Yeah. It's an anchor, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think we say it's a tight post as well, right? You know, sometimes yeah, exactly. you're tight, right? You exactly. can never move away from us. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's ultimate. Can you have more than one absolute? I believe you can have more than one absolute because you got to trust in what really you believe. Or so you can't have more than one absolute. You can't. Can. You cannot. You can't have. You can only have one. What must be one absolute in your right. life. Right. Right. Okay. And yet many people will have different absolutes. Many people have their attached their own meaning to life or their own, like, I believe this and someone else believes that. But they only, in them of themselves... They have only one. can only have one. The yeah. Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Anytime you have someone that's between this or that, or they're unstable. Yeah. Because yeah. an absolute is an ultimate. Yeah. If you have two ultimates, you got two things you're trying to say, I live by this, and if they don't line up together, you're just going to be torn in two. Yeah. Yeah, that's why the Bible says unstable in all of his ways. It's going to literally rip your life apart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, I believe that an absolute is something that, that you know that it is the truth, or you believe it, and it doesn't change. Yeah. 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 So it will tell you the truth, and you believe it. Yeah. 
So it's personal to you. It's a, something that, that you can see a picture in your mind of what you believe. Yeah. When you look at the Supreme Court versus the other courts, there will be no argument. Once a, once a case is brought up to this court and appealed to that and appealed to that, and once it reaches the absolute of the nation, whatever country it is, and it reaches the Supreme Court, the decision is made. You can see the case. It doesn't change. Precedent after that looks back to what was set before. This is what was said before on that particular type of case, and that sets out in motion how cases after that have to be judged based on the absolute of the nation. And there's no more argument once it reaches the Supreme Court. And that's not to say there won't be someone that disagrees with it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's definitely going to be somebody. A Supreme, a Supreme Court can make a decision and someone's going to go, I don't agree with that. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's what it that's is. That's the absolute for that nation. And it's got to be the same way if for your absolute that is personal to you. There's going to be lots of people that go, no, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. So for a nation, the absolute will be the Constitution. Right. For yeah. the believer, the absolute will be the Bible. Amen. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I just want to say this about an absolute, because an absolute, uh, I really believe that that every great achievement that's ever been made is tied to an absolute. It's because someone really believed in something and they lived their life for that. Yeah. And regardless of how many times it failed, they clung to that idea. You can think of the man that created the light bulb when he invented it, how many times did he fail it? Because I, I've, I've, I can't remember if I read it or watched a documentary on it where he put so many different filaments in the light bulb and they would burn out. They would last for so long it wouldn't even produce any light. He tried all kinds of crazy things. But when he finally found the right filament, he knew he had succeeded. But the only way he succeeded was by not giving up. That's right. Because he had an absolute of, I believe electricity can be harnessed to produce light. Yeah, and he lived by that and when it finally brought to fruition what he was trying to do it was all worth it yeah yeah he even have like the Wrights brothers right yeah but, you know they, they, they had an absolute we can fly yeah exactly <laughs> you know and they put an everything they could do to make sure that we fly right and I'm sure a lot of people thought they were crazy <laughs> oh I believe they so they were probably looked down <laughs> on as like these guys are crazy in their backyard their back barn <laughs> making an airplane what in the world do they think they're doing but that was their absolute. It didn't matter yeah. what anyone else was saying to That's them. It was right. like, we're going to fly. Yeah. And they did it. Exactly right. But now, now you take all of those principles and you apply it back to being a Christian of our, our absolute is the Bible. So we can say that there's a lot of absolutes, but it has to be personal to you. And you cannot run life without an absolute. You have to have an absolute. No matter what your absolute is, you have to have an absolute. Yeah. And you can't make an achievement without an absolute. Therefore, it's, it is the final tie post. Okay. As someone that, I'll just say, we all would see folks that would go through life aimless. Yeah. Because they didn't really find their thing that they could live for. Exactly. Tossed about by every by idea. Everything. Because the people that would have something. But now what is truth? Yeah. Yeah. And I'll ask this question. If if the Bible is, and I'm going to say, quote, unquote, the absolute, okay? Not when I'm talking about an absolute, but I'm going to talk about the absolute, okay? That it is something that is, is, is beyond just having an idea. But as a Christian, it is the absolute. 
But what if someone comes and teaches or, or lives by something else, some other absolute, and, and something such as a different religion or a different ideology and doesn't believe that the Bible is even true, what would you say to someone like that? I would say, I mean, you, you, you look at the different religions of the world. You, you could even, you know, you could say, you know, not that we argue, but you could have a, a, a debate with someone and say, well, the Bible is the Bible based on the Bible. Well, the scripture says this, that proves that it's true. And someone would say, well, I don't believe the Bible in the first place. How can you prove that by that? There's got to be, you know, like, how do, how do you look at it from the outside? How would the critic that says, well, I don't believe the Bible in the first place. How, what do you what do you say? Where do you start? And I'll say to start, I, I believe it has to be a revelation. It can't just be a head knowledge or a, the Bible isn't to be just debated and argued and poured upon intellectually. It has to be something that God comes down and opens up. Um, and looking at it, we see the question I would ask is what are the religions of the world supposed to produce? If you look at Islam perhaps it is supposed to produce a good life by a set of reforms and, you know, following the Quran. Or if you look at Buddhism, there might be a certain mindset or a certain attitude towards creation or, or a, a, something positive or a good feeling. Yeah. And yet it's still a reformation and it's still something that people will maybe dedicate their whole life and become a monk and servitude to something. Yeah. But Christianity is something so much beyond that in the old testament of christianity in the old testament of the bible you see that god laid out a law that was not livable by human and when they would sin god provided an animal sacrifice but ultimately that animal sacrifice couldn't change their desire yeah but when jesus christ came and died for our sins his life came back on the believer because it was a human for a human a human sacrifice that could atone for a human by god's standards and then that perfect life could now come back on the believer. And what does yeah. it produce? A life that can live it. Now, when the Bible says, you know, someone that would struggle with alcohol or, or drugs or, or lying or whatever the Bible would say is wrong, as humans, we can't live that. We'll all have yeah. weaknesses and flaws in ourselves, and each person will struggle with their own vice. But what the Bible comes and does now is it lives a life that you can't live on your own Yeah. by good. the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. The proof of the resurrection was that it lived. Yeah. Jesus came and said, I'll lay down my body, I'll lay down my life, I'll take it up. And then he came and actually did that. Yeah. And now I can see in my life, I know what I was before God come and changed it. And yeah. I know what I am now. Yeah. yeah. I know I've seen other people, what they were and what they are. I'm in a room full of people that have been changed by the power of God and are living a life that we couldn't do on our own by psychology and reformation and being a monk. Yeah. Yeah. It's a freedom. Yeah. And it's a life. How is the Bible true? It says it's going to do something and it does it beyond human psychology or intervention. It's supernatural. <laughs> really supernatural. That's right. Yeah. I believe the Bible is a seed or the word of God is a seed. Yeah. And it will fall in different type of grounds. But only will produce a good fruit when it falls on the good ground. Yeah. So, um, also the Bible tells you it's like a roadmap for the believer, of of for those who to read who read it. Yeah. Um, it will point the people to a right direction. 
it's like a GPS. Yeah. It tells you where you are, where you're going, and actually the time when you're going to arrive. Yeah. So also the Bible will tell you or will tell the believer where they come from and, and where they're going. So yeah. I believe the Bible only points to one direction. And that direction is the way to Calvary. Yeah. But Christ paid a price for the sins of the world. And no man, no angel, no pope, no priest, no pastor, no preacher could pay the price. Yeah. But only him. That's right. Because he came to save the world of their sins. The Bible is also a book of promise. There are thousands of promises in the Bible that are to be claimed for the believer. And to me, the Word of God is the absolute and brings you assurance of eternal life. Yeah. Amen. Exactly. Amen. The Bible brings you to that assurance. Because the Bible promises you things that nothing else promises. You know, you, John, you were talking about, like, it brings you to that produce something beyond what a human can produce. Beyond what a human can make happen. Like, the Bible is the only place that you'll find, you know, these signs shall follow them that believe. And unfortunately, like, there's people that have taken that scripture out of context and tried to say, well, that wasn't inspired or oh, that wasn't. No, the whole Bible is the word of God. The whole Bible is a seed. Yeah. And if it falls in the right kind of ground, it'll produce exactly what it was meant to produce. Yeah. It'll produce the kind of life. Jesus himself even says, you know, you'll know the tree by the fruit that it bears. You know, if you don't know a lot about trees, you know, you, you might look at an apple tree and, a, and another kind of tree and you might not know the difference, but when it starts putting apples out, you know it's an apple tree. That's right. Because it doesn't matter how much you know about trees, you know what an apple is. And you know that you could take that and you can eat that and that's delicious. But <laughs> it takes that, that fruit to know that. Yeah. You know, it takes more than just a tree. You say, well, it's got life. Well, that's great. But it's got to produce something. It comes yeah. for a purpose. And these promises, you know, you talk about all the promises that are for us to produce. And it's the Bible that says that, you know, you can lay your hands on the sick. These signs will follow them, follow them that believe. You'll lay your hands on the sick. They shall recover. Take up any deadly serpent. It will not harm you. Drink any deadly thing. It will not harm you. I mean, in, as a human reasoning would go, that sounds crazy. Mm -hmm. But it says, the, this is going to happen. If you believe, these signs will follow you. Yeah. If you believe, you'll be able to live what the Bible promised. And there's yeah. so many, thousands of promises in the Bible for us to go and claim. But you got to believe. Yeah. It's by revelation. Yeah. And, and the Bible is, is an interesting book in, in another way because it doesn't just record the good. It's mm. not just a book of a whole bunch of really good deeds where you, you know, you try and measure up to that. We're not, it's not a book that says measure up to the life of an individual. But rather it records the good and the bad. There's only one person, even in the whole Bible, that was perfect, and that was the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Amen. But rather, 
many and, and most of the main figures of the Bible record both good and bad in their lives. It records times that they failed. It records times that they did what they were supposed to do. It records times that they, they walked according to their own ways and they, they, they messed up. You can think about Abraham in the Bible. It records how he was the father of our faith, but it also records in the Old Testament how he lied about his wife. But it shows that before God ever pro pronounces any judgment, he provides grace. He doesn't just judge people because they make a mistake because the Bible says in Romans chapter 3, it says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible itself records we all make mistakes. Mm -hmm. We all fall short. We all can't measure up on our own. It's something yeah. that in a human self you can't measure up to. It takes something more. It doesn't just bring out the condemnation, the judgment. It brings out the salvation and the grace. And, and I would say even the word of God, it also records in Hebrews chapter 1, God who in sun-dried times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. So in other words, God who in old times in many different ways, in diverse manners, he didn't just come always in one way and speak in the one way, but in diverse manners. He spoke in many ways to different people and he revealed himself in a different way, but it always lined up one with another. It never contradicted itself. And he spoke in the Old Testament that way. And also in verse 2 of the same chapter, Hebrews chapter 1, it says, Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. In other words, it's not just the old, and it's something that's past, but it's also present. Yeah. And the same book of Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8, where we say is Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. He doesn't, he doesn't change who he is. He's perfect. When you're perfect, you don't change. <laughs> And, and, and it would even go on about the scripture in Second Peter in verse 1, and I'm just laying out some scriptures, say, why is the Bible an absolute? Because you have to see that the Bible, it talks more than just, or I, I would like you to see that the Bible talks more than just old fables. It's for today. Yeah. There's one thought. People will say that the Bible isn't relevant today, that it's out of date and that it doesn't apply, and that the rules are old and against modern thought. And I'll just say this. God knew what 2021 would be. And if you think that God's law now needs to be changed to today's ideals or today's standards, then you don't believe that God was God because you're taking away the very credit of what God would be, which would be all-knowing. Yeah. From the end, from beginning to end, he knew what would be when he wrote the Bible. Yeah. yeah. And I just will say that. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's no an different absolute. than in the Old Testament that they couldn't live it. They needed a blood sacrifice. Mm -hmm. It's no different in the New Testament. We can't live it on our own. We need something more. And and, and I, I just want to get back to the scripture in Second Peter chapter 1, knowing this first, that no prophecy... In other words, no scripture is of any, no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. You can't if if you're gonna take it, say this is the revelation, God will come and back it up. Yeah. He's infinite. Like you said, John, he's he knew what would be. So if he's gonna give someone a revelation, he's gonna back it up to you. And it says, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of men. But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. 
Yeah, we find out that the Bible is the only book in, in all history that doesn't contradict itself, even it was written by 40 different prophets mm. in a lapse of time of 1,500 years. Every word, every verse, every line, every chapter, and every book matches from Genesis to Revelation. Perfectly every single prophet point to the people, to Christ. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's very interesting. Right, you know, you have forty people reason, you know, a book, yeah. right, in in the, in the space of time, you know, in a vast space of time, right, but yet everything is just blending in together, mm-hmm. and when you look at it, all you can think about is that there must be an author behind it, mm-hmm. there must be an inspiration that is coming behind it, mm-hmm. that is leading these forty people to write something that is is just all comes together to be one thing, and it's not contradicting itself. Right. And and then you, you ask yourself, so who's the author of it? And I think, you know, John has been talking about it as well, you know, is God who knew yeah. it all from the beginning. Right. Yeah. 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 I believe, you know, that that as well is, is a proof to say, you know, the Bible is really, it is really an absolute. Because even these 40 men that are writing, we can look at it to say, you know, many of them weren't like writers. Like they, it wasn't your job. They yeah. weren't scribes, right? Yeah. But they get inspired and yeah. here they just pick up and start to write, and yeah. and here it is, and everything just blending in together. There must be something supernatural behind it, you know. Yeah. No, exactly, and it is amazing that you know sometimes they weren't scribes. Some of them were scribes, and they could write, and some of them weren't, and they would speak, and somehow God would have someone there that could write it down, because the Holy Ghost, God, was the author. And the scripture would even say, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Thank you so much for listening. Episode one of End Top Podcast. Mm-hmm.